Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Ladies and gentlemen, a happy Christmas to you, listening around the globe, wherever you are on God's earth, welcome to the Den, 26th of uh, December, Boxing Day fixture against Reading, one of a, a, a trio of uh, fixtures that will make or break our season, says Neil Harris. You can probably tell from the, the awestruck tones of my voice, there was a big screen to defy all big screens that's been fitted in the Den, and we're just watching live footage from the players' tunnel. Um, of the two teams, Millwall in their dark blue shirts, uh, Lee Gregory on screen and some other character from Reading, here they come, in their white and blue hoops, traditional colours. Here come the two teams onto the pitch, Neil Isners. So a critical fixture, Reading one place above us, I think, in the table at the moment, coming into today's fixture. Certainly we, we need a win, like a, a, a thirsty man needs a drop of water in the desert, dear listeners. After last week's loss 1-0 at Stoke, which I thought was an unlucky loss. Neil Harris felt it was unlucky, but we seem to be consistently, relentlessly unlucky all season. We didn't play too badly, but um, one defensive lapse cost us. We're going to do a little uh, half-time coverage of that game last uh, Saturday up there at the 365 Britannia Stoke City Stadium, whatever you want to call it. Um, we've covered it at half-time, but no, one, one defensive lapse, lapse cost us, and we missed chance upon chance. So um, therein lies the story of the season, dear listeners. Harris has named an unchanged side from that started last Saturday in Stoke. So we've got Archer in goal, we've got Cooper and Hutchinson in the centre of defence, Romeo and Meredith on, on the uh, left and right back position. In the middle, we've got Ryan Leonard and uh, Tony Cliff. The wing, Ferguson and Jed Wallace up front today. 
so many. I thought it looked like a little lost lamb last week alongside Lee Gregory. So let's hope for better goal-scoring, um, goal-taking chances today. Apparently the new screen's been fitted by the same company that um, have uh, introduced us to the wonders of the LED screens around the side of the pitch. Uh, welcome to modern football. I, I can't bear it, but there we are. I'm sure people out there will be telling me I'm, I'm living in the past. So yeah, Neil Harris speaking to the news of then says the next three games at home today to Reading, Forest on Saturday and away at Ipswich on New Year's Day will make or break our season. Some have said that he's um, set himself a hostage to fortune there with that, that remark, but I think it's probably realistic. As he said as well, for, uh, unlucky last week at Stoke, we were unlucky. But we make our own luck in this game, and as, as he uh, goes on to say in the News of Den piece, this is a results, a, a result, a winning results business. Very true, Neil, and we, we do need a win today. That much is for sure. Lions are going to be attacking the away end in accordance with common law since Anglo-Saxon times consolidated into the Millwall Act 1873. So Reading will be attacking the cold blow in the first half. Lions attacking the away end. And away we jolly well go. I'm also sporting my own Christmas ball. Not Christmas ball for me. Bazell watch. I'm also going to be uh, using it. Although we do have a stadium clock. Quite a flash old screen. ADI.TV is the company. If you have the occasion to fit LED screens to show betting adverts, such as Skybet that's on at the moment. Or should you need a gigantic screen to cover your back garden or some such. Uh, very much a battle of the uh, the lost and lonely. Millwall versus Reading. I'm just checking my iPhone to see where we stand in the, in the league table. Yep, Reading 21st on 19 points, Millwall on 22nd. Also on 19, but with a minus two difference, goal difference, minus two minus difference goals. You know what I mean. Dear listeners, don't you? We're one place below them in the table, in the relegation pink zone. That's the, uh, that's the only thing that matters. Lions forcing Reading all the way back on one minute and 49 seconds. Leonard's chasing down, done well, and the crowd respond. They like to see that. Referees penalised Leonard for that challenge on the yellow clad goalkeeper, but that's good to see. Chase the man all the way back to the, uh, the penalty area, and that's brought the crowd into it, as you can hear, early doors. Incidentally, as you'll hear from our half-time coverage up there at Stoke, the crowd, 1,500, 1,400 mil fans went up there. Immense, immense support. Um, this club... We may not be big in numbers, but Jesus Christ, we, you, you know when the Mill fans are in, in the house, that much is for sure. It's immense support up there. Sunnycliffe concedes a free kick, clearly looking to, to press early on, on Reading. Under new management, I understand. I, I, I haven't got to hand the name of new manager because I don't fundamentally care who it is that manages them, but they've changed their manager from, uh, was it Paul Clement, the ex-Bayern Munich manager who's uh, disappeared without trace. They now have a new man in charge. A and other is in charge of Reading. They're on the attack here at the moment in on three minutes. So wishing you all a very happy Christmas, as I think I've said already. This will be the last show for a short while. I'm away for a couple of weeks after today's proceeding. So there'll be a little hiatus until um, probably about mid-January, actually, when I'm back in, in the game again. Probably, possibly, maybe for the Middlesbrough game away. So I'm going to wish you all happy New Year at this stage. Reading are on the attack. Let's hope that we don't make it too much of a happy day for them. They're passing the ball round out just outside the mill penalty area on three minutes coming towards the fourth minute. Will they have a, a, a pop? No, they're passing back and forth. They're finding a man in space on the right. We've been very vulnerable to this kind of um, approach. 
still in possession. Right side of the, of the penalty area that pulls into first defender and it's finally, after a fashion, hoofed clear, dear listener. Four minutes. Tom Elliott drawing a free kick. I thought he was woeful. I can't be, you know, anything other than honest. In, a, in a, an actual reasonable performance by the lines, I thought Elliott stood out as being particularly woeful. Um, he's one of those games where he, as he has on occasion, looked um, just not, not championship standards. Uh, and I don't like to say that. I think he's a willing man and he has had his moments. But um, I'm hoping that you're hoping too, dear listener, wherever you are, from Timbuktu to Trieste, from Taranto to Tahiti, that we um, move on our striking and also solid, solidify the defence because it's looked very fragile as well. So attack and defence and probably we could sort out the midfield as well whilst we're at it. That's pretty much the entire side that needs to be strengthened in the January transfer window that looms next week. Um, we do hope that the Millwall recruitment team have targets in mind because if we don't then I do fear that this will indeed turn out to be a relegation season but let's not get too downbeat yet because there's still 85 minutes of this game to play today and Elliot draws another free kick there clearly held from behind about halfway inside the Reading half on, on five minutes right side free kick will be Shane Ferguson who, who, who's going to take a, a, a little sub story for the season we, we might do like a 2018 review later after today's proceedings and Shane Ferguson surely being one of the stories of, 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 of 2018 anyway here comes the floated cross towards Hutchinson gets his head to it it's off the line headed down from Hutchinson into the path of, of, of Elliot scrambled off the line by the Reading defender that's a nice move First real chance, ball comes in on the big screen, headed down, and Elliot just can't get enough power. The ball on the volley, actually, as he was sliding forwards. That was a, that was a real chance there. Possession conceded. This is Fergus inside the box. Gregory tried to dummy to find Leonard. Didn't work out. When that what kind of thing works well, it looks fantastic. And then today, you look like the uh, the goat. Mars back in possession. Now we're on a little bit of a roll moment. Six minutes. All through, finds Elliot. He gets clattered again from behind free kick on the right side of the, of the penalty a good bright start from Millwall clearly the, uh, the the manager's words about this being a make or break game for the season have, have um, been heard pre-match so it's going to be a Millwall free kick Jed Wallace will take probably about two or three yards short of the corner right side of the penalty area six minutes come to seven minutes on the in-stadium clock sponsored by ADI TV and a consortium of betting companies, I dare say. It's going to be Wallace that takes. He takes a shot. 1-0, Jed Wallace straight from the free kick. Beautiful goal. Beautiful goal. Just what a tonic that the Lions needed. That's 1-0 Millwall. I want to see that on the replay. Direct shot from the free kick. A Jed Wallace special. Oh, wait for the replay. Sponsored by Dean Wilson. Again from the free kick. Re replays a bit wobbly. Can't see the replay. Basically a shot from the uh, the right side free kick straight into the net. Beautiful shot, beautiful goal. That's Newell one new up in a critical fixture. Great start. And there you can hear the Jed Wallace song. There is the replay at last. Straight um, shot. Yeah, now beautifully. Um, right side of the goal as well from the right side of the post here into in off close uh, to the right side post. Beautiful take. Punching tackle on Wallace over on the right side. Crowd howling for the uh, the Reading player to go. He's got a red card. Red card straight off. 
Wallace has gone down injured. That's more worrying to me at the moment. The way we've opened up, we've been at them straight from the very start. That's a straight red for that challenge. Look like it was over the top on Jed Wallace. Let's see how badly injured he is. The long, lonely trudge for the, uh, the, is he, the 26 for Reading. Wallace is on his feet, thankfully. He's having a few words with his manager. I don't think that's doing his Reading career any good. That was a mental challenge, given that um, you know, you've still got 80 minutes of the game to go. They're, they are one down, and they're clearly going to be up against it. But there's reduced his team to 10 men, so that's the, the measure of intellectual capacity of the Reading 26, whoever he is. So it's going to be a free kick for the Lions. It's floated in from the right it's towards Jake Cooper, pushing... That does allow Jed Wallace back into the game, thankfully. Let's hope he's OK. Now, we do have a bit of a track record of not playing terribly well against 10 men. I'm sure you're aware of that out there in podcast world. Dear listener, there's a long ball forwards towards uh, Lee Gregory. That's, that's hit too long. It does fall to Shane Ferguson. We're, we're getting uh, first to the ball, putting the tackles in. Ferguson takes a clatter. Uh, Gregory turns his man. That's going to go for a throw-in, throw-in in the event. 11 minutes. So, yeah, we do have a bit of a track record of underperforming against 10 men, so... Let's hope we, we keep our, our wits about us and use the space that we've got now. We have space to play with. And um, if we can you know, move the ball around a little bit. And we, we've shown on occasion, I thought we showed last week at, at Stoke, that we can play some football when we, we choose to. Exploit said space. This is Wallace on the edge of a penalty area. A shot clatters into Tom Elliott, unfortunately. Wallace recovers. He looks like he wants it this afternoon. One honest player, Jed Wallace is. He takes his man on, roasts him. Pulled up. He pulled his man back there over on the right side as he was jinking past him. Pulled up by the linesman. 12 minutes. But what? I just said I was praising his honesty. Gave away a little tug on the uh, defender. But anyway, at the den we forgive such things, don't we, dear listeners? It's a nice screen. I'm gonna, this, I, was, I was a bit churlish about the uh, the ADI TV screen. I hope that didn't come across in my comments earlier on. It's a nice screen. And. Um, the, the picture sharpness is very good. It reminds me somewhat of when I used to manage on an estate in, in Hackney. And you'd go into people's flats, often quite short on space, some of these flats. And uh, living rooms, which are already quite pokey, but actually dominated by the world's biggest TV screen, invariably showing um, Sky TV or perhaps one of the, um, the African or the, uh, or the Indian channels. Um, usually on a very loud volume when you're trying to talk about the you know, potential for um, their tenancy or you know rent arrears or some such and you'd be trying to talk over uh, a Bollywood song and dance routine or something of that kind but it does have a little bit of a feel of, of that but anyway let's not be snobbish actually why not why not be snobbish I think you're entitled to be snobbish uh, that's, that's, that's part of, part of who, who I am I think I will be snobbish on the TV front it looks vulgar, Millwall. <laughs> it's a great damp day here in South Bermondsey. I know you like the weather report section, because I know a lot of you listen from various far-flung parts around the, the globe, and often in searing heat, 40-odd degrees in Australia or somewhere of that kind. Well, today it's a fairly cool um, grey skies, leaden grey skies. Cool day. Not cold, but cool. Fairly still. The flags are limp. In, in what little breeze there is, but it's uh, the lights are shining on the emerald green pitch brilliantly as the floodlights uh, illuminate the, the gathering, the gathering dusk. I went all poetic, yeah, dear listeners, didn't I? But why not? Why not go all poetic? I think there should be more poetry in this world like that. 
a little bit of a kerfuffle online with one or two internet Twitter voices because I described last week's performance at Stoke, which was a loss. But I, did, I, I described it as um, a battling performance, and some people I, I gather didn't go to the game took issue with the uh, they trying to put. Um, I don't know if I was trying to put a positive spin on it. I wasn't trying to put a positive spin on it. I was just going to say that, but I wasn't. I was actually describing what I saw. And it fascinates me online. I get a lot of it on Twitter. People who haven't been to the game taking issue when you describe the um, what, you, what you've actually seen. Like they want you to describe something else. Um, people people trying to make it it's a piece of shit. This is the Lions on the break. This is Ferguson trying to find um, Wallace on a little through ball. It falls to Tanya Cliff. It's gone for a corner. On the right side, that was that was uh, clipped off the 18. Little moment there. Lions are, are trying to work the space. So yeah, people taking issues, asking if I'm part of the club's media PR department, the kind of uh, the troll factory that is Millwall FC, trying to put ev- positive spins on everything. Um, I just want to say for the record, I am the old traditional fanzine man. I have no ties whatsoever to Millwall Football Club. I pay for my own ticket. And the opinions you hear on this podcast today are my own entirely. And if I see a good performance, that's a header down. On the line again from, from Sean Hutchinson from the corner. This is now Ferguson on the left. All floated back in. That's going to be cleared by Reading. The line's looking to turn the screw on them. Nicely so as well. 17 minutes gone. 18 minutes coming up on the clock. So, yeah, the opinions you'll hear on this show will always be my own. Um, if you agree with them, fine. If you don't disagree with them, I'm very sorry about that. But that's what's called free speech, isn't it, dear listeners? Enough of a lecture. Lions coming down the right side, right wing. They're balled into a box. There's Tom Elliott. That's clattered off the, the uh, Reading defender again from the right side. of Colton Lions really on the, on the, on the, uh, the front foot at the moment, dear listeners. It's going to be Ryan Leonard that takes this right-sided corner. Coming towards the 19th minute. Leonard will float it deep, deep, deep. He's trying to find Hutchinson, who finds him. This falls to, to Lee Gregor on the line. That's overhead. Scissor kick. That's gone for a left-sided corner. Relentless pressure at the moment from Millwall. We have to make this play with a second goal, the critical second goal. It's taken short. Tunnicliffe has got Ferguson on inside of him there. Will he throw the ball? It's a long... Over the heads of everybody, sadly. Long cross. If it was meant as a shot or a cross, I think it was meant as a cross, but it kind of angled in as though coming for the uh, the ball. Actually, it wasn't, it wasn't that far away, actually, in fairness to Shane Ferguson. Ferguson, little jinky run, nicely done. 22 minutes, ball forwards towards Elliott. Crowd howling, I don't think the goalkeeper left the area there as that ball went through. The crowd howling for it, 23 minutes. Reading trying to press forward, searching for an equaliser goal that they would regard as a valuable on a day like this with down to 10 men they're finding some space here they come down the, the right flank but Cooper is there with his long legs that puts that into, into touch I think a little bit of pressure from Reading at the moment as we just go past the 25th minute of the game Lions of course haven't won since late October so this will be a welcome relief if we can uh, keep even this scoreline to the 90th minute Reading keeping possession quite well for a, for a ten-man side. They're, they've got a man in space over on the right. If they can be found, he, they've not seen him. But the Lions are getting pulled around a little bit at the moment, which is a worrying sight. It's a long ball wide right. They do see him in the end. He couldn't control. Meredith is in there. Does well. Um, where do you stand, dear listener, on the Ben Thompson issue? Should we be bringing Ben Thompson 
back from Portsmouth. He's doing very, very well there, isn't he? Uh, they're top of the table. I think he's gone online and said that uh, we'd like to see the season out there. I understood it was a season-long loan with some kind of break clause, perhaps, to bring him back in, in January. Um, I think we should bring him back, personally. I mean, his, his wishes are second to, to what the club needs. And I think that was partially said as a bit of a early PR from, from Ben Thompson that um, if he does come back, he wants to play. And I think that's fair enough because what we've lacked a lot in this in this um, jagged season is that spark in midfield, the person that makes stuff happen. That is Ben Thompson. He seems to be doing well there at Pompey. He seems to be playing that role there, you know, with a plom. And they're, they're top of the table at the moment, so he's enjoying his football. You can tell that by his his Twitter posts. So uh, yes, I would bring him back. Um, we we have need of him. He's uh, he's a Millwall player, and. You know, unless, unless things turn around rapidly over the next few games or so, and I can't see why we'd leave him at Portsmouth for the, for the rest of the season, really, when you know the HMS Titanic is sinking. It's like, um, it's like ignoring a life a lifeboat, isn't it? Or, or leaving one of the lifeboats hooked up on the side whilst the band plays as, as, the, as the ship sinks. So, um, Fred on your dinner, less, less so. Um, I think Fred is, has had many chances to prove himself and I think he probably is at his rightful home now of, of, of Wickham. But Ben, that doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right that Ben Thompson is at Portsmouth when our midfield has been so um, slapdash this season. So, yeah, I'm, I'm for bringing him back. Elliot winning more balls in the air today than he did last week, which is which is good. And clearly the opponents are inferior compared with last week at Stoke. Ball angle there through for Lee Greg. That's scored out by the, by the Reading defender there. Uh, but no, he's doing better today, Tom Elliott. Clearly, though, we lack quality in, in attack. Um, Steve Morrison talking on News at Den in the week about his interest in what takes place in, in the January sales, loan period, whatever you want to call it. Um, Morrison also angling for another contract. I don't think we can afford to lose him, even though it's chased, nicely chased down there by Tom Elliott. He got the ball and the referee's given a free kick. Lions just conceding possession a little cheaply with our clearances. Um, thankfully we've recovered there. But that was a clearance by, by Marlon that um, went straight to a Reading player. We're playing a long ball, as you can detect from the, um, the comment around me. Just looking at the big screen and I'm reminded of um, the first colour telly we ever had as kids, um, which was a... The old man had an expensive taste when he was working, workshop fitting, and um, when he was working, money was flush. When he wasn't working, we were broke. Anyway, um, the 1974 World Cup was looming, and he decided that it was high time that we joined the ranks of the, <coughs> the Mottingham colour television sets. There was a, only a few people on the estate that actually had colour TV in the early 70s. Most of them still black and white. So anyway, rather than just go to, um, you know, one of the rental companies or anything as a... Uh, you know, low class as that. The old man went to um, a place in Bromley, I think it was called Sound Systems, uh, called Specialist uh, Hi Fi TV store, and came back with a Bang & Olufsen, Bang & Olufsen TV, that was the bollocks, basically. It must have spent thousands on this thing, and this was 1974. I, I, I used um, a website once where they kind of give you the values of things in the past, values of money in, this, you know, in the years gone past, what it is now. This was about eight grams of a telly came over came home with in modern terms, spent a couple of thousand pounds on it, I think, and um, it was beautiful. I mean, even now, if you if, if you want my personal high bar of television, it still remains my banging on Epson, and I called it my. Did you notice that? The B and O from which we watched the 1974 German World Cup, West Germany World Cup. 
which was um, in crisp um, definition. And we wanted a super aerial up in the loft, pointed straight at Crystal Palace. And the definition was, by the standards of our day, um, mind-blowing, because previously you had like, an indoor aerial that you had to stick on top of the curtain rack to get half a picture on. So, yeah, the old B&O telly the old man got. That, that screen, the ADI TV in the den, that reminds me of that. It's been a scrappy game, in all honesty. Lions have been um, <clears throat> pinned back a little bit by the possession play of, of Reading. We're, we're very much looking to sit back and absorb it and, and hit them on the break with a long ball, which, um, as we're 1-0 up, I, I will forgive, and because needs must when the, the devil drives, dear listeners. Ball flowed in from the right. Reading not doing a bad job of um, making up for their one-man loss with, with pace and movement. They, they clearly have other issues in the team. Mill bring away from a midfield tackle there. Reading, a couple of bodies flying around. There's a, a Millwall man man down there. It looks like they're battlefield out at the moment, but the Lions do have the ball on the right side. 40 minutes. Ball's flowing in towards Gregory. He takes beautiful in mid-air. He really is a talented player, Lee Gregory's really come on strong since since he joined us in, in 2014. The ball in now, punted in in the end towards Ferguson. It's put behind for a corner on the left-hand side. All bodies are up and moving around. You'll be pleased to hear. It's going to be Shane Ferguson that takes the left-sided corner. It's in deep. And Elliot gets his head up. It's high over the bar. 41 minutes. Did you enjoy your Christmas, dear listeners? I, I, had a, I kind of love Christmas and hate Christmas all in one emotion. Does that sound familiar to you? We had a, a deluge of food around at my mother and father-in-law's yesterday. Um, finishing up, obviously, with late-night charades over cheese and biscuits and uh, whiskey, as is the, uh, the custom. Um, bit of a slow start today, so I wasn't quite with it. I probably could have done without a football today in some ways, but now I'm here. Fabulous. Especially as we're winning, 1-0. Coming towards the 42nd minute of the game. Yeah, so love-hate Christmas for me. I don't know how you feel, dear listeners. Um, everything I love, also kind of hate, and well, for that very reason. That sounds rather Freudian, doesn't it? I think I'll just let that pass, that thought. Otherwise, it'll stick in my head. They're rather like the uh, Germans in case red, invasion of France, surging down the right flank. Long ball falls, it's caught by Elliot, it bounces, and it... Gregory almost chases the goalkeeper down there, bravely comes out and collects in the face of a boot in the face, and there's a half-time whistle with that incident. A good first half for the Lions overall in terms of the, the scoreline. I think we've rather sat back at times, if I'm going to be honest, and absorbed pressure that um, you know has played into Reading's hands. We, we, we come off the pitch a goal to good. They've passed the ball around a lot with no great um, execution at the end of it, but... As it is, the Lions will regard themselves as um, having the upper hand. Half-time, Millwall 1, Reading 0. We're going to cut up back to last Saturday for my report on the game, the Monday loss at Stoke, and we'll be right back after that rundown. Achtung, Millwall. Well, hello, good afternoon, welcome dear listeners, welcome to the romantically named... Bet365 Stadium, formerly known as the Britannia Stadium, Stoke City's ground for the visit of the Lions to Stoke today. I'm going to do a little bit of a cameo coverage of this uh, Saturday before Christmas game. Um, we're mashing it up with our, with our Boxing Day coverage of the Mill versus Reading game. Suffice to say that Lions come in this critical fixture very much on the uh, on their downers, third from bottom. Desperate for a win. A defence that looks more porous than a sponge. But 
even so, 1,400 Lions fans have made the journey up the M1, myself included, to, to Stoke-on-Trent. So, uh, you know, the, the club cannot complain at the passion of the support here today. It's actually my first visit to this stadium. I've been to the old ground, the Victoria ground, but this is my first time here, unbelievably. Um, it's, it's your bog standard, single-tiered, modern-built stadium with one double-tier uh, standing to, to our left. I'm near the front of the away end. I've walked all around the stadium trying to find my way in. I've seen the team notes. I'll read them out to you before kick-off, dear listeners. Here come the teams, as you can gather. Lions wearing their all dark blue kit today. Led out by Hutchinson, there's Archer, Meredith, Tony Cliffs in the team, that'll please Harry, Jake Cooper, Molon Romeo, Ryan Leonard, Ferguson, Elliot, Marvin Elliot, Marvin Elliot, Tom Elliot, Lee Gregory, Ryan Tony Cliffs starting. There's your Lions team, dear listeners. Delilah by Tom Jones, theme song of the Stoke City. Oh, we'll record that. I know you like a little bit of local colour in your coverage of these games. There we go. My, my mum hated Tom Jones. She knows very few people in her life. But Tom Jones is one of her private hate figures. She, she knows and despised Tom Jones, who kidded his old mutton. He, she, he kidded his old mutton with his string of lady friends around Las Vegas and the USA. Dear old mum. God bless her. Good applause for Jill Nard as he comes towards the home end. Lions will be attacking the, the Boozen End, sponsored by Staffordshire University. So in the second half, we're coming to the way We'll be rejoining the action some point mid-half. Lines inside the first minute, ball in from the right side from Jeb Wallace. Um, stumbled around inside the area, eventually goes wide left for a, for a Millwall corner. I did say I'd come back at any uh, high points, but we're going to stay with the action. It's a corner on the left side, so I might as well stay with this one. A uh, good early start from the Lions. It's lofted in from Shane Ferguson. It's headed away. I think that'll be the end of that. Good early chance for Lions. That was a scoring chance. 21 minutes, nil-nil. Lions holding their own very well at the moment, dear listeners. Um, best chance for Millwall that came in the first minute. Unfortunately, a scramble chance that went just wide of the, of the left post. Stoke had a lot of possession, nothing clear-cut so far. Lions doing their best to press up and had a couple of moments of uh, break. No, neither side's had a clear-cut chance, but at the moment, nil-nil. Lions doing well in this inconsistent season. We're going through one of our good phases at the moment. We're probably going to wait the bad and the ugly bit later on in the game. But at the moment, nil-nil. 22 minutes on the clock there, this was. Fantastic support for the Lions. 20... 26 minutes on the clock, nil-nil. You can have a listen to the travelling support for a moment, dear listeners. Teaching the Bet365 stating what uh, real support sounds like. Fantastic. Half-time, nil-nil here at the Bet365 Stadium in Stoke. A fighting performance by the Lions, increasing pressure from... Stoke as the half wore along for me, but um, a, a battling performance by Millwall. Best chances falling to the lines. That uh, early minute chance for uh, uh, a from Jeb Wallace across the face of the goal in the scuffle. And then another chance about halfway through the first half for Lee Gregory, volleyed wide. Um, great fighting performance by the Lions. Stoke. And some, some, <laughs> some, some comment for James McLean as he leaves the pitch, as you can hear. 
they, they, I think they disagree with his, his political stance. Let's put it that way. Mill nil. No, Stoke nil. Mill nil. Half time in Stoke, and you get to listen to this song, possibly the worst Christmas song ever made. Do you agree with that, dear listeners? There are some shockers around, and there are some good ones, but this is surely one of the worst ever made by Paul McCartney, simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Absolute dire shit. So both teams out for the second half. The listeners, as far as I can see, no changes for the Lions. It's going to be Stoke City that will kick us off attacking the, the Boothen end, a home end. So Millwall will be coming at the, the away fans in the second half. No changes. I thought that was a good fighting performance in the first half. We did squander two good chances. But uh, if we keep creating chances like that, then at some point, one has to go in for us. But we did come under a little bit of pressure as a half more along. So the second half is underway. I'm going to be reporting back to you about midway through the, through the half. And then at the full time. So uh, speak to you in a bit. 60 minutes, goal for Stokes and Egypt here. Ball in from the right-hand side, headed home from close range. That's tough on the line, it's been a fighting performance, battling performance. A fairly basic goal to concede, in all honesty. Uh, Rahino scored it, that's, that's a gutting blow for the Lions. 1-0 on 60 minutes. Total 67 minutes, I can indeed confirm that was pretty much a free header for Stokes City there. Uh, Doug confirmed it watching in Sweden and they're just showing it on the replay inside the stadium here so um, poor defending once again lets down the Lions the story of the season other than that it's been a fighting performance but now we're a goal behind we do feel like we are at the foothills of the Himalayas with, um, with Mount Everest in front of us there is full time Stoke City 1 mil nil. another poor result uh, one, one defensive error has really cost us today dear listeners overall I thought it was a fairly battling performance by the Lions we looked a lot better once Steve Morrison came into it halfway through the second half, but um, defensive lapses are costing us points game by game by game now. And that's I'm just watching the replay as I'm talking to you. Um, an unchallenged header inside the six yard box equals a goal at this level, and unfortunately, that's what's doing our, our league position no good at all. Um, so there we are. As you can hear, Lions fans are applauding their team off because overall it wasn't a bad show. But yet another bad result for Millwall. Stoke City won 0 0. Achtung, Millwall. Welcome back from Stoke, dear listeners. Teams out for the second half. Mill will be attacking the Coldblow Lane end in the second half. Leading by one goal to nil. That, that Jed Wallace free kick. Well taken goal in the first half with a dead ball situation. Rather sat back once we got the lead, as, as is our want often. But um, hopefully we'll press on in this second half. We want to see a second goal go in now. And away we go. This is Mill pressing down the right side early on in the half. It all pulled in from Elliot finds Jed Wallace, who uh, unfortunately couldn't quite get enough control on it to get any power into the shot. It's gone wide inside the first 30 seconds of the second half. Nice work, Jeb Wallace on 46. Dispossesses the 10 on the right side. A little break forwards for Mill. He's, he's balled into the box, hits the first defender, sadly. Over by the, the right side corner. Facts is Elliot. The momentum's slightly gone from that break forwards there, but Jed had no one to, to pass to very easily. As it is going to be a, fro a throw in for Mill, about halfway inside the Reading half. The Biscuit Men, as I always think of them, old traditional nickname, should be making a comeback. None of this Royals business. The Biscuit Men. 
That's going to go through for a corner. No, the goalkeeper did enough to uh, save a corner as it flicked off the, the Reading defender there. Short throw in, he's put the, uh, the goalkeeper immediately under pressure from Ryan Nether, who's chased him well. Maybe, he's, like, maybe Ryan Nether's heard some of my stinging criticisms. I've not felt he's matched up to the potential that I expected him to have. And um, he certainly put himself about a little bit more today, so perhaps he tunes into Akdung Millwall, and perhaps he's heard my stinging criticism, and perhaps he's thought he's going to you know, show me a what for. I do hope so. 47 minutes. Lions still only this slender one-goal lead. Uh, I know that Reading are down to 10 men, but it's not noticeable. And here they come down the left at the moment as we tip towards the 50th minute. The 43 is going to get the ball into the box. That's headed clear by, by Sean Hutchinson. Rather inviting pressure onto ourselves, as, as has been too often the case. 43 shoots straight down the belly, the belly of Jordan Archer. Safety there, 50 minutes. I do think there's a reality check at times. I mean, going back to my online online kerfuffle with one or two on Twitter last last Saturday, um, we do have to keep in mind our resource levels compared with many other teams in this division. I, that's not to say the team can't be better organised or players expected to perform better. I, I do expect both. Uh, that comes down to the manager and his... Um, deficiencies or what as the case may be well, his, his pluses and his minuses shall we say this is uh, Meredith over on the left the ball's going to come in from Ferguson into the near post that's headed clear falls to Ryan Leonard who takes it first time volley shot wide as you can detect 51 minutes nice volley from the edge of the penalty chair, but always angling wide right I just don't think I mean Neil Harris does have more credit in the bank than many other managers and um, I, I think that you know we, we have to be um we have to be respectful of the fact of who he is and what he represents. He does have a glittering playing career. He's got a pretty good managerial record, in all honesty, on resources that other teams, you know, would laugh at. That's good. That's put out in defence by Reading. That's poor play. Could be a middle throw halfway inside the, the Reading half. So I'm not for sacking him. Um, it, it would kind of break my heart um, to, to see Neil Harris leave in ignominy. I know that all football careers like politicians end in failure at some stage but it would uh, it just don't seem right to me to get you know to lose him at this critical stage of the season uh, many people will disagree with that and um, you know you're entitled to your viewpoint but what is what the team isn't is shit as, as many people have, have uh, tried to have me say last week that it's not a shit side potentially it's a better side that's my view my my opinion disagree with it as you see fit Mill punting it, hope, hope, you know, hopefully forwards, aimlessly forwards, probably a better description. Reading being allowed to come into a game they really shouldn't be part of. Let ourselves get pinned back again, dear listeners. It's frustrating to see. It's been a very frustrating season, but this is typical of, of, of what we've seen over the course of the three months. So, more uh, lack of on-field leadership, in my opinion. No one seems to take control. It balls into the near post. That's headed clear by Tom Elliott. And, and Jordan Archer is urging his defenders to clear their lines. And, and they do splay out at last. 55 minutes. Darkness fully fully descending now at this short time of, you know, short day time of the year. In comes Steve Morrison for, for Tom Elliott. I think that's the right call on 56 minutes. Clearly having to nurse Morrison over the, you know, the, the New Year period. A lot of games in a short period of time. And it's not done badly. Um, one, of, one more headers. I, I, I don't think he's good enough. But he's done okay today. 
Um, I would hope and am praying to the deity I don't believe in that we uh, make a signing to get some goals up front because that, that is what's separating us um, from, from so many teams. I've not seen that many great defensive sides in this league, but um, you do see teams that take their chances, and that's what we've not done. 57 minutes, dear listeners. We looked a lot better when Aidan O'Brien and Steve Morrison came on last week at Stoke. Last Saturday, not last week. Ball four was there, not, not finding a man. But uh, no, we, we improved a lot once Morrison came into the game. I know that um, you know he's, he's apparently looking for another year's contract from Mill. I'll give it to him. I can't think of us we're going to acquire with the same degree of uh, leadership and nous and you know just willingness to to take chances. Here they come, edge of the Mill penalty area. They, they, they're finding space uh, for a ten-man side. They're, they're doing quite well to find their man in in uh, in wide positions. Gregory draws a free kick will take some of the pressure off of Millwall self-inflicted pressure Reading keeping their passing style it's, it has had us in a spot of trouble they haven't carved out a single um, clear-cut chance but they've had a lot of possession and a lot of ball in and around our, our half in this second period so you know one always fears the worst when, when you're at Millwall and teams are doing this to us we're very much sitting back trying to absorb the pressure and hit them on the long ball. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a, a, a grindy game in some ways. Morrison draws a free kick on the halfway line, just as uh, Gregory's looking to break forwards there. It's not been the greatest performance, but we're at the stage of the season now where, you know, pre- it, it doesn't matter whether it's pretty or not, we just want to get the result. So at this stage, halfway through the second half, leading 1-0, we'll take that all day long, dear listeners. Poof clear by Jordan Archer. I think that Reading have identified lack of pace at the middle back line as being a, a weapon they can exploit. And they've uh, put the ball over the top a few times in the second half. Cooper concedes a free kick over there. I think he clattered his man there, so it's going to be a free kick. Just wide right at the D, about 25 yards out. We need to stay focused as we enter the danger zone for Millwall matches this season, the last 20 minutes. I think too far for a shot. So I'm expecting a, a cross. It is a shot. It's a crossbar. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Famous last words for me. That was a dipping shot. Hit the crossbar. Unlucky Reading. 71 minutes. We could use a second goal, Dennis. Now, I don't know if you can sort that out wherever you're listening. If you can sort out a second goal, we're internally grateful to you right now. Well, Entree, Aidan O'Brien. Jed Wallace coming out of the game. Aidan O'Brien coming in as a replacement. Um, OK. He's been our most creative force for us this afternoon. He's goal scorer. He's um, put 100% effort into it. He's getting good applause, as you can hear. My man of the match, Jed Wallace. Um, I imagine this is a, trying to rest him. Another game looming up on Saturday against Nottingham Forest. Aidan O'Brien coming in. Always looks disappointed to come out of a game, Jeb Wallace. I like that in a player, don't you, dear listener? Listeners? Some will call that a conservative call by, by Neil Harris. This has been one of the criticisms of, of, of him this season. We've looked at our best when we've gone on the attack, and we've looked at our most fragile when we tried to sit back, and um, that, that conservative call there may come back to haunt him. 76 minutes. I hope it doesn't, of course. Like I've said earlier on, I think I've set my stall out on the Neil Harris question, but that's one of the criticisms of him. And it's a valid, it's a valid criticism. Don't get me wrong. Don't think I'm blind to what's gone wrong this season. I just don't think the club's best served by, by changing managers mid-term. There's many are calling for that, and um, 
I think it'll be folly. I don't know who we're going to bring in that's going to turn things around. We, we have to find a solution with the group that we've got at the moment. Take a view in the summertime. Um, now, if that's a view from League One, then people will come back to me and say, you know, um, we'll fool you. But uh, I, I can't see another way forwards at this, at this point. Anyway, 79 minutes. They're on the attack here. This is edge of the uh, mill penalty area. Back and forward against the 27 there on the left. Ball into the box. That's hesitancy by, by Joel Narcher. Hesitancy in defence. Get the ball clear, please, dear listeners. Can you help? Mill making a meal of this, I've got to say. As you can hear, comment free and easy around me. And that's finally uh, a ball in, a foot in from Shane Rosen. Gives Steve Morrison a chance to break forwards. He finds Lee Gregory. No one with him. Final 10 minutes of the game. It's going to be a full 10 minutes, to be absolutely honest with you, dear listeners. We've um, really let Reading come back at us. And we've sat back behind the ball to, to a degree that I, I just find baffling. I know we're leading 1-0 and it's all about the result and it's a results business, as, as Neil said in, in the week. But um, we've really invited them on, let's put it that way. Here they come again on the, on the left of our penalty head, 27. It's trying to play the ball, they're trying to play their way for our defence. They clearly see that as a possibility. That's a clattered shot, that's going to run through, it's going to go for a goal kick. Uh, dear listeners, at 84, we just want the referee to you know, fast forward the last, last six or eight minutes or so, whatever we're going to get, and have done with the, the whole matter. It's at that point in proceedings now, it's getting cold and damp, and you just want to go home. You just want to get the win under your belt and go on. Coming towards uh, 87, bar just passed, coming towards 87 and a half minutes. So, a, a yellow, another sending off, a second yellow. I've missed that as a, as a red card shown. I don't know what for. A second yellow, I'm going to guess. Incredible two sending it off now for Reading. I didn't see that incident at all. I apologise, she's got to go. That player's been quite quite dangerous. 27. Well, this is all about the result, dear listeners. I mean, this has been a scruffy, scruffy game. A poor performance in many respects by the Lions, which sounds a bit odd given that we're, we're leading it with just minutes to go against a nine-man Reading, but it's been a scruffy old performance, but it is all about the, the three points. Presuming we can actually negotiate the final seconds of the game. There he is! Thank Christ for that, dear listeners. That was a win that is much needed. First time since um, October, late October. Um, we rolled our fortune there with two sendings off. Uh, shot from Reading hit the crossbar. That wasn't the greatest performance, but in the end, who gives a shit? There's three points against three against a relegation rival that should take us up the table. Uh, well done, Millwall, for grinding it out. And I hope you enjoyed my in-game stream of consciousness. So um, we'll be back after these messages. It's the Lucas Ball Report. Well, took a couple of hours to digest that one and looking back at it, you know, it's not the best result for Mill. Is it in trophy hours? Right. Oh, yeah, all right. It's a 1 0 victory. Um, you know, a much needed three points. First win since October the 27th, but you've got to be putting teams like Red in a way, especially when they're down to 10 men for 80 odd minutes and then for the last seven, including injury time, they're down to nine. You know, you've got, we've got to score more goals against sides like that. Yeah, okay, we kept a clean sheet as well. First time since the same date as the win, October the 27th, and also only the third clean sheet of the season. Which is, yeah, it's a big thing um, and a much needed clean sheet 
mainly thanks to uh, some excellent defender from Jake Cooper throughout the game. Sean Hutchinson wasn't at his best today. James Meredith uh, in the second half was back at it slightly more than he has been for the majority of this season. Didn't get beaten one-on-one too often. Uh, in terms of overall pace today, I think Jed Wallace started the game really well. Opening 15 minutes or so, really threatening. Absolutely tearing up his fullback. And um, then he started to play more central and left Marlon Romeo a bit exposed at times. Also meant that Marlon didn't have as much uh, on for him down the line, which uh, that, that pass was on 90% of the time. And, you know, we could have made much more of that if Jed had stayed a bit wider, I think. Tom Elliott, again, didn't offer a lot up front, which is a shame. Um, but Steve Morrison also, you know, you see the lack of pace. Uh, Lee Gregory played him through. And like he, you know, for the majority of players, that had been one-on-one, but his, his lack of pace allowed two players to recover and the chance was gone. And, you know, especially the way Reading tried to play out from the back and they were dangerous with it, they weren't brilliant. And, um, you know, Yakoda wasn't comfortable at all with the ball at his feet. A couple of challenges in on him because he played around with it for too long at the back. But, you know, Mill have got to make more of those opportunities and uh, if they play like that again today, I think they're going to struggle to get a... Uh, if they play like that again on Saturday, I think they're going to struggle to get a result against Forest on Saturday, unfortunately. But... What can you do? Need, Janu- need the January window quickly and as soon as possible, really. Uh, get some new faces through the door, add some more competition for places, and hopefully that will see a pickup in uh, results and performances alike. Come on, you lines. Achtung, Mehlball. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Good afternoon, one and all. Welcome to the Sunday morning nightmare. Uh, today being recorded on a, on a Thursday afternoon, in actual fact, because of the Christmas holidays. Um, reviewing yesterday's game to a degree, to be absolutely honest with you, dear listeners, that was as grim an experience at Millwall as I think I've seen in a long time. I'm trying to think back to, um, in some respects, a more incompetent performance, which all sounds very harsh, doesn't it? When, you know, as Neil Harris said 
prior to the game that this is a results business. And as he said, post-game, it wasn't our best performance, which you can say again, Neil, but that was a cup final today. And I, I kind of get what, you know, Sean Williams apparently said this in the dressing room, that this was a cup final. Mill versus Reading on Boxing Day was a cup final because of the fact we hadn't won for so long and we've slipped into the, into the danger zone. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it is a results business. That was a win, all well and good. But Jesus Christ almighty, it was, it was hard, grinding viewing. Given that we were playing 10 men, which, as I, th- I think I said in the stream of consciousness, we, we always seem to struggle for reasons that baffle me, dear listeners. Why, why is it that Millwall, and this is not just Neil Harris, this is a historic thing, in my opinion. Um, I've never known us play well against 10 men. Can you think of any situations where we've done well against 10 and then in the end yesterday against 9? Even at 9, I still wasn't sitting comfortably in my seat in the West Upper, high up. I was still shifting buttock to buttock and I bet you were too if you were in the ground, possibly following it on, on the internet. So, um, it was bloody hard work watching us uh, make Reading with 10 men look like Berkshire's Barcelona, as I, as I posted on the, on the Twitter. Now, you can say that that was, that was all about the result. Yes, it was. That's the only thing that gets recorded. Um, but I, I do, as I said in the, in the stream, I'll say it again now, I want Neil Harris to succeed more than any other manager that I can think of in a long time. He carries such, um, such depth of, 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 um, of emotion at the club. We all know the Neil Harris story inside out. We all remember the big moments of the Neil Harris career. And as a manager too, he's done really well for us. Let's, let's not forget where he started out from. Let's not forget the debacle that was the low mass and then Holloway era and the mess, the utter mess that he took over and came, you know, did, did a close job of saving us in, from relegation. Couldn't quite do that, but has got us back up into the championship. Um, via the playoffs it's been you know and also we've you know just looking at last season's results you know we, we yes we really did beat a series of Premier League sides and then we really did go on that unbeaten run I'm just looking at it at the moment I'll come back to the the, the year of 2018 once I've done my little rant um, but you know he's, he's, he's achieved great things for the club but at the moment, it's really, really tough. We are struggling. And I think hardest of all is it's hard to see where the spark is going to come from. Now, I just want to read for a few tweets. You've probably read them all online already. Um, so my, my post yesterday, which I, I wrote in the aftermath of, of the game, as I, was, as I was coming home in a car, well, I wasn't driving. Any, any listening police officers? I was, I was pulled up when I, I typed this out on the phone. Gordon Bennett, I said, what a grind of a game. A win is a win and all that. But as I've just said, I thought we allowed a poor Reading to look like Berkshire's answer to Barcelona. Um, no one wants to see Neil Harris succeed more than me. And I bet you too, dear listener, it's going to be a rare Millwall fan that wants him to fail. But sitting back and allowing teams like Reading to come at us, as we did, once we went you know, in front, we just sat back. And I say that's naive. I said that yesterday on Twitter. And I'll say it to you again now in, in your in your ear roll. It, it's naive play. Um, I don't believe and I don't buy the idea that we don't have the players to do better than what we did yesterday. There are flaws in that team. And, you know, we, we, we can go through the whole side and pick out 
perhaps, perhaps only apart from Jed Wallace and I'd argue Lee Gregory yesterday up front. Otherwise, you could probably replace any of those players and not be too fussed about it if, if you did. But I don't buy the idea that we can't do any better than, than what we saw yesterday because it was, it was a case of self-harm, rather like Brexit. Ha <laughs> ha! Bit of, bit of politics for you there. But it was self-inflicted damage yesterday. And we, we don't have to be, you know, we, we won't beat many of the best teams in the, in the league, but we, we can compete against the average, and there's a lot of average sides. I'm just looking at um, a couple of replies to my post yesterday. Charles Efford couldn't agree more with me. The team don't seem to like the style. We don't like, we don't like it either, fans, he means. And we're near the bottom of the table because of the style. How many more times have we dropped points or lost from winning positions? I, I agree totally with you Charles um, we sat back we hit the long diagonal um, when we play football when we have played football I'm thinking of a few games this season in moments in flashes we look like a, a, a side that would at least expect to finish in the middle to bottom half of the middle you know phase of the, of, of the league I don't buy the idea that we have to settle for um, a relegation grind but we will settle for it by sitting back and trying to defend one goal leads great free kick yesterday you've probably seen it by the time this show goes out so I'm not gonna um you know try and analyze the game yesterday but that was a Jed Wallace strike of, of you know from from his from his top draw Stephen Colmill replies back to me and says he thinks that we lack confidence absolutely we also lack quality and leadership if we don't change, nothing will change. I like that phrase. If we don't change, nothing will change, except the division that we're in, and that will be Division 1, says Stephen Colmill. I'm going to like that comment because I agree with that. Um, the, the long diagonal ball played well and played with the right players. Yeah, OK, but we lack pace up front. Jesus Christ, don't we lack pace. Tom Elliott, I, I'm, I'm crying... Um, for you Tom because I think you're probably a very likeable bloke and I know you're a willing bloke but the, the lack of quality mate it's we, we, we can't continue with Tom Elliott we just won't get the goals and if we don't get the goals dear listener we're going downwards um, Tom Elliott has to be replaced in the, the January period if we don't replace Tom Elliott and I don't particularly dig him out as a person he's playing to the best of his ability but that ability is League 2 League 1 and we're up against championship-level defences, and, and it, it's only going to get harder for us. As the season goes along, um, Jim Nash, old friend of mine, Jim Nash, nobody really rated Savile as a £7 million player, but we really could do with his goals from midfield. Midfield, another issue, Jim. I agree with you, mate. Ultimately, getting back on the Oldham and Rochdale trail at the moment, I think that's what he means there. At the moment, we're getting back on the Oldham and the Rochdale trail. Uh, getting relegated, as Jim puts rightly, will cost us a whole lot more, whole lot more than spending, you know, to acquire the players that will, that will save us. I think that's a very strong point. Um, Santa Todd Sleigh Ride makes an ironic um, comment that we always play well against Forest. I hope the cue, the Twitter post that bites me on the arse, he says, I, I do hope so, Santa. Um, Michael Wills says, I just think we lack confidence and depth. The, thing, the fact he's getting the tune at all out of this Fredbear squad should be applauded. Yes, true, Michael. Uh, and Steve Morrison for Michael looks done at championship level when he came on. Um, 
I'm not so sure that he's done at championship level. I, 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 I take your point, Michael. I think that when Steve Morrison comes on, even if he's carrying a, a hobble and you know, and he's and he's aged, um, you know, care home pass card. Um, when he does come on, we look to suddenly have more structure. He brings leadership, the thing that we've lacked all season. Uh, Carnaby Rob says, dreadful game, the end of, end of sentence. Good job Reading decided to commit football suicide today. He's not even going to contemplate Forrest. And finally, Grumpy Grimace, uh, always one of my favourite posters, look, he says that we look like a team devoid of confidence, not looking to play a forward pass when it's on. Preferring the pass back to Cooper to pump forwards. Reading looks sharper and we ain't, ain't, don't have to give them time on the wing, says Grumpy. I agree with all of those sentiments. Chaps, um, I, I, I know that we've had a debate online, mentioned it in the live piece, about my desire not to sack Harris. And, but that is a desire tempered with also another desire that we start to play a little bit more football. Because when we do play football, in the opening phase, was it the opening 10 or 15 up until we got the goal, we don't look too bad. We, we, we've played in phases not too bad. And the way that we play not too bad is to be Millwall, is to get behind the, you know, get players ahead of the ball, get the, get the ball far out to the wings and play at zip and speed and get the ball into the box. Raise, raise the temperature of the den. Um, sitting back yesterday was not going to bring the crowd into proceedings. It didn't. It just made you become ever more, weather, ever more aware as the game wore along of how damp and cold it was a miserable game, um, a win, but that's a bit like um, having a tepid cup of tea on a cold day. It'll just about keep you warm for the moment, but won't do you any long-term good. Now, enough of yesterday's misery. Um, I thought it might be nice just to have a quick run through 2018, uh, a year that's quite strange. In, in many ways, a Millwall year summed up in 12 months really um, so I thought I'd just have a quick look at the Mill History website to run through some of the highlights and lowlights of 2018 one of the lowlights was strangely one year ago pretty much to the day as I recalled these words which was January the 1st Monday January 1st 2018 away to Norwich City um, we entered that game in, in, in 15th position in the championship um, a, a, an okay Christmas, a few wins under our belt as we went to Norwich, Carroll Road. We'd not long beaten QPR in, you know, uh, the apocalyptic night against in, in Holloway. It's more apocalyptic outside the ground than it was inside. But anyway, we'd had a 1 0 win on the, the 29th, which must have been a, a, a Friday, wouldn't it? And then we've gone to Carroll Road on the Monday, the January the 1st, and contrived to get beat 2 1, having led 1 0 at half time. A, 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 a Morrison goal on the stroke of half time. Um, to send us into the dressing room buzzing and then to have the old cold punch in the jaw 52 minutes tribal equalising 77 Madison wins it those that went I, I wasn't at that game speak scathingly of the second half performance and there in, a, in one game that game there probably sums up a year okay first half appalling second half um, but oddly oddly um, we, got, we had a win over Barnsley in the FA Cup. I'm going to discount any FA Cup nonsense from last season. Um, we then drew at Preston. And then the season turner came. The season turner being that away game. Harry and I went up there for it on the 20th of January last year, this year. An away win, 4-3 in a game that swung backwards and forwards like a yo-yo. 
and for good reason I've used the winning goal in my opening title sequence this season because it, it was so dramatic, it was so wonderful, it was so very Millwall that that one game for me sums up the Millwall supporting career where you go 2-0 up and contrive to go 3-2 down against 10 men and somehow scratch your way back. Uh, courtesy, incidentally, of Tom Elliott that day because he, it was his equalising goal that, that put us back into the mix. Um, again, a mixture, mixture of emotions, mixture of emotions towards the players. Now, you know what what a run that began. That it began the seventeen game unbeaten run that took us going into the into the game in sixteenth position, up through eventually to finishing in eighth spot. Via uh, a succession of draws, unlikely draws, nil-nil at Derby. I'm looking at 30th of Jan, the midweek game. I didn't go to that one. Um, a wins at Reading, two-nil. Um, draws at Cardiff, wins and then three three wins on a spin. Birmingham, Sheffield Wednesday, and Burton away. I went to that one in February. Scratchy old game, but somehow we scratched to win rather than scratch to get beat or throw away points. That day, um, a home draw against Sunderland on the 3rd of March. I must admit, <clears throat> at that point, um, whatever glimmerings of outside ideas of you know the playoffs I had, uh, that draw left us 11th that day in March. And I thought, well, that's probably not a bad end point for the season, didn't you? I thought we, if we finished mid-table, having put together a little run, got away from the relegation zone that we could easily have got sucked into... I was going to settle for mid-table. Um, after that, we went on, what was that, one, two, three, four straight wins. Um, Hull, Brentford at home, we rode our luck against Brentford. Um, Barnsley away, went up for that one, 2 nil. that was in the snow up there in, in uh, mid-March. Barnsley, 2-0 win. Home 2-0 win over Forest. And then suddenly we're rocking, aren't we? We're starting to believe in this nonsense. Eighth position as we left... March going into April, madness. Then it was it was it was it was it was it was lunacy. I mean, obviously we had the the whole Tim Cahill thing, who wasn't playing very often. The team that took us into that game on um, March the thirtieth at Forest, Archer, who had his critics all season, giving spilling goals. Marlon Romeo, James Meredith, uh, Sean Williams, uh, Sean, Sean Hutchinson, Jake Cooper. Jed Wallace, George Savile, the only real difference, George Savile, now gone. Lee Gregory, Steve Morrison, Ben Marshall. So Bart Marshall and Savile being the two-man difference. And then the bench, uh, O'Brien, Onya Dimmer, Tony Cliff, Shackell and, and Martin, I played. Now, that run was entirely thanks to, it now seems, in retrospect, the efforts of George Savile and Ben Marshall, linking up well with the efforts of Jed Wallace, because... Um, those are the only two differences between that game at home to the Forest at the end of March. And then obviously we've got a draw at Ipswich. A couple of wins, Bristol City and Bolton. And Sheffield United away at one all left us in a position where we're having to face Fulham on the night of Friday the 20th. Um, we're in sixth spot going into that game. Playoff zone, mental. We actually was, you know... We're all seriously thinking about an outside shot at the Premier League. Um, as it was, we, we finally met our match that night. I, I think it was probably a fair result in the end. I still think our season and this year ended with Ryan Sessegnon's goal on the, in the 46th minute. 
a pump from outside the box. I think it broke forwards from memory down the left. It was a shot from outside the penalty area, spilled by um, Jordan Archer, and it was it was um, Sessegnon who put it put away the rebound, and then shortly afterwards we were two 0 down by McDonald, Mitrovic finishing the job in the 89th minute. Um, every effort, every part of the kitchen sink got thrown at Fulham that night. It was an apocalyptic night. The then I can still remember the atmosphere of that first half, and sad it wasn't to be. And in the end, we petered away with um, you know uh, a loss at, at Middlesbrough. No, the players were empty, gas tank empty, and Aston Villa was a meaningless final rubber. So it was it was an unexpected run. It was unlikely. It was all very Millwall, and of course, in the end, it finished with um, you know in disappointment. And I think for me, I don't know how you feel, dear listeners. But that really was the end, end of the end of the season. The end of the year, pardon me. Um, this season, 2018-19, after the dramatics, the Tim Cahill influence, the the influence of um, Ben Marshall on the wing, and then of course the loss of George Savile at the start of the season. It's felt rather like the uh, day after the Lord Mayor's parade. It's been a very disappointing season. We've played okay in parts. It's been very hard for us all. Fans, I think players and possibly even management to get things kick-started. Um, not too much to dwell on, really, this season, other than the succession of defeats. Four successive defeats through um, September. QPR, West Brom, Fulham, Sheffield United. Scratched wins here and there so far. And as we close 2018, after the dramatics of last term, the loss of George Saville, the, obviously the failure to sign Ben Marshall, it has been um, paltry fair, hard going this season. And yesterday's game, as we've already summed up, probably sums up the, the, the season. Um, we're clinging on at the moment, dear listeners, and we have two critical games to come over the, uh, the, the forthcoming weekend. Saturday, we're at home to Forest. I'm going to miss that game. I'm going to be away for a couple of weeks. I'm going to miss Ipswich. Um, we need points. We need to avoid defeat against Forest, and we need something from the game at Ipswich. And then we also need to get the recruitment team working, working, working to bring in a striker. We need our defence to be solidified. Um, again, yesterday I felt Shane Hutchinson has suffered more from this injury than I think we probably all accounted for. He's not recovered his mentality, confidence, whatever you want to call it. And then we need to really focus hard with the return of Ben Thompson. That's a must, isn't it? Don't you agree? I can't believe that we'll leave a midfielder playing well in a team doing well in League One that's on our contract when we are desperate for someone to take control of midfield and I can't really see a place for Ryan Leonard if... Ben Thompson returns. Um, so we need up, so desperate up front, someone to strengthen defence, some experience in defence to take control, and Ben Thompson back in midfield to bring the Ben Thompson factor. And then we need to look to start to win well, half of the games that remain in the season and avoid defeat in as many as possible. And hopefully we'll have enough in our locker room to survive and that's all we can really hope for I don't think we can expect anything like last season's heroics but striker defender Ben Thompson and a good dose of prayers to whatever deity you believe in dear listeners I don't believe in any personally but uh, there we are 
So there you have it. Um, that's Akdong Millwall for 2018. This will be the last show of 2018. I will be returning in probably about mid-January. Um, if, um, if I can make it, I'm going to get up to Middlesbrough on the 19th. That'll be when the next show comes along. I'm leaving the Love Sport Radio in the good hands of Michael Avery. And that, that show will continue for the next few weeks. Um, I'll be back on that hopefully during the week of leading up to the Middlesbrough game. So big thank you to Michael. Big thank you to the entire team that helped me with Love Sport. That's Harry, that's Michael, that's Sam, that's Danielle, that's Lucas, and of course Aaron Paul and Porrick Birmingham who produces the radio show. Really enjoyed doing that. I um, hope you enjoy listening to it. Do stay tuned for that. The Acton Millwall podcast will be returning to cover the remainder of the season when I get back, which will be mid-Jan. So until then, dear listeners, um, I'm going to wish you the very best new year. Let's keep our fingers crossed for the Lions. Death-defying relegation struggles. We wouldn't have it any other way than dramatic, would we, dear listeners? Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And here's to a better 2019. Arriva Deci Millwall! You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here! When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.